0: The galaxy is burning, brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Horus Heresy. Whether you're a warrior of the Legionus Astartes, an adept of the Mechanicum, or a mortal in a galaxy of madness, you'll find your place here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, broadcasting deep within the bowels of the vengeful spirit. Hello and welcome to the Remembrances Retreat, a Warhammer thirty K podcast. My name is Jesse. I'm here with Will, and we have two special guest stars today. We have Dave Taylor of Dave Taylor Miniatures, and we Yep.
1: Sorry. Uh, I'm
0: not I'm not used to people just on the gun like that. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) I'm usually used I'm used to like five seconds and then they say hi
1: right
0: sorry <laughs> and also a very special guest we have mel Bowes, the terrain tutor how you doing today
2: i'm fine here mate and look at that professional intro you see i, I have to take dave around with me but come <laughs> on man <laughs> no, mate, it's 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 to make you look good really oh, yeah, he, he does this very well you know
3: <laughs> that's a really good old man to have on your team there mel that's that's solid <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a perfect partnership mate it's working very well yeah
3: so we have you guys on here for a particular reason well you know we'd love to do small chat and that kind of stuff and we'll do some of it um what are you guys doing you guys have got like some little project going on right i'm not exactly sure about this thing uh, <laughs> i don't know it, it, some sort of kickstarter that got like fully funded on its first day i don't know what, what's the deal with Dave
2: over to you
1: yeah uh, sure yeah uh, just a, just a, a little project um, I think uh basically we're kickstarting uh, crowdfunding a uh, a terrain book um, basically I think the best thing to say about it is uh, so the name is terrain essentials and uh, the tagline that we're using at the moment is uh, an essential guide to building tabletop terrain so it's uh, I think if if we think back to like 20 years ago when uh, Games Workshop put out like the How to Make War Games Terrain book. Uh, yeah, that's
3: the one that had like the bunker stencil you could cut out, sort of, right? Yeah. Cardboard, yeah. then glue that together, yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. So imagine that, but not dialed up to 11, but dialed up to like 15, uncovering all sorts of different things, uh, and all of it put together by um, my, my partner in crime, uh, Mel Bose, the Terrain Tutor.
2: That pass over, Matt. I'll be honest with you. You're getting there, Dave. Yes. I'm trying, mate. I'm trying. <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest, this little project of ours, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. But yeah, we're doing a book, okay? Uh, obviously, I, you know, my thing is terrain, and I've been doing the YouTube thing for about five, six years now. Um, I, terrain's always been a passion all through my life. And me and Dave actually go back quite a way, you know, long before the actual channel and back to my blogging days when I used to be an Imperial Guard blogger, and he was doing this blood pact we decided we'd team up to do a book, you know, and, you know, I saw it as one chance to get, you know, something out there with what I know to help as many people as possible, you know, because that's what I'm about, you know, helping people to build terrain. And so it was like, right, let's do it. We put it together. You know, I had doubts. I had doubts. Dave was confident. I had doubts. Uh, Oh, it, it... It wasn't until I'd come back from Beasts of War in about probably a week that I I started to become confident that we'd even fund. Uh, You know, I thought, well, fund two, three weeks in, maybe get a stretch goal or two. If possible, get to the hardback, but that was really asking for it. Yeah. uh, Got to the Friday before we were launching. Yeah. We were having a launch party, so we were doing it live because, you Mm -hmm. know, obviously I'm a YouTuber and this sort of thing. And you know, Edward with Dave said, "Right, it's going to be a couple of hours. We'll get the ball rolling. You know, if we can do ten, fifteen, twenty percent on the first day, that would be brilliant." Did was it eight minutes for the first ten percent, Dave?
1: Yeah, it was. It was about that. Yep. That so was kind <laughs> of like. Um, awesome. I, I, I guess this won't be a short uh, <laughs> sort of live stream launch party. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It was actually kind of torturous actually looking back on it because what sort of happened was obviously we had this mass surge at the start, yeah, and then as time went on, obviously every hour, it went down slightly as you would expect. But we got to about hour, I think it was about hour five or six, no, hour six, yeah, and the project, we we were working out how many backers per hour and we sort of worked out that we were just out Of funding within the eight hour block that YouTube would let us stream for. And we were left, we were literally left with this dilemma of right, do we cut it short at 80% funded? Yeah. And sort of avoid the getting to like three or four backers off and YouTube cutting us off, Uh putting the party. Or, you know, do we stick with it, but it could become one of those torturously long things that doesn't fulfill? You know what I mean? Which is like a sort of a damn, you know what sure. it's like, you know, you've had a, a launch party where you get to 98%. You know, everyone's had a great time, but everyone feels we it could have been just that little bit better. Or <laughs> do we like drag it out and then try, when YouTube cuts us off, try and restart a new live stream, get everyone over, then hope we can drag out those last few. <laughs> and I think, I think uh... what's we. Just finish off. We funded with about 22 minutes of streaming left to go. Yeah, so it was really close. Yeah, but wow, what a party to fund a book in one live stream! I I just didn't see that coming.
0: That's 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 just amazing. (laughs) It
2: it, it
1: was incredible. eh? Um, Yeah, I was I was sitting there answering a lot of the questions, the sort of the technical questions about the about the campaign, about the Mm -hmm. the book, and that sort of thing. and Mel was doing, uh, like just talking about what he wanted to do with the book and what he was excited to, to see happen. And, uh, it was in, at Mel's house with his family. His, um, his son and daughter were there. Um, his wife came home sort of right towards the end of it. Jace and,
2: uh, out all through it.
1: Yeah. Jace was there. Uh, but for, for me, it was just me sitting on my couch, uh, with my laptop. Um, for seven and a half hours so it was uh (laughs) it it was it was great it was um it's one of those things where i really wish i could have been there uh it
2: it was a party atmosphere though i mean obviously with it being at home and within the first sort of 10 minutes you know it sort of became a reality of oh my god you know even if it didn't happen on the launch party yeah i'm gonna be doing a book One of the little things that I'd sort of said to the kids is obviously, you know, off the back of the book, you know, there's going to be a bit left over. You know, Dave needs paying. You know, I've got to invest time in bills in building the train and writing the words and that sort of stuff. But there'll be a chunk, you know, and I would sort of promised the kids that, you know, we'll go on a good family holiday because I've never been able to take them away before because YouTube, it pays the bills. But, you know, it's not brilliant. Yeah, shall I say. Yeah, so obviously they're all getting excited because you know it's like that's happening and it was just such a party atmosphere. I mean, it was just brilliant. We ordered takeaway. Literally we're eating <laughs> takeaway on the live stream because it's like we're not quitting yet. <laughs> <laughs> it was yep. a really good show. Really good show. Well, I mean what a hell of a launch, you know what I mean? Yeah, yep. I was just blown away by it. I mean
3: not that I was surprised obviously after seeing um well, the awesome. first book but uh and and besides i mean mel you're a great product so i'm pretty sure you were all gonna going to do just fine you know um so yeah i but it was amazing to see that like I, I uh went to work uh bought my copy as soon as i saw it and then you know went back to work did the shift whatever got home and i was like oh wow this thing is done already you know <laughs> uh...
1: yeah it was uh it was definitely definitely cool to see i know and I was telling Mel that I was really confident and uh, uh, they would have they done quickly but uh, I honestly this is with it being my my second Kickstarter project um second book but not a book my first first project with another person, I really had no idea how things were going to go, and I still have no idea how things are going to go it <laughs> so, I
2: don't, it, it's, it yeah. completely blindsided me i mean. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I say, it took me until literally just before the Kickstarter. Once we'd made the sort of announcement the week before, and I'd seen like you know my patrons, and I'd seen YouTube commenters saying, "I'll back it," "I'll back it." You know, you start. All right, then there is support for this. You know, it's gonna. You know, yeah. But yeah, seven hours. (laughs) <laughs> what a roller coaster! I, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I think it was three o'clock when Dave told me on Watch Club on Facebook to go to bed because I'd posted, "I can't stop watching Kick. Uh, must stop watching Kickstarter." <laughs> can't.
0: Oh no! It must have been addictive. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm just, it was
3: just just
2: feeling electric the whole time, right? It, to be truthful, it was a hell of a ride. But you know, when you have like the you know the big surge and then you like have the aftershock. When, okay, everything, you know, the the distractions are gone and you're sitting there in the quiet, you know, and you're sitting there, I'm sitting there with Kez in the evening and I'm like, you can't fund it. And I'm refreshing, yeah, it definitely funded. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, this is happening. And then you've got the realities. You're going to have to write a book. You know what I mean? it's like, this is happening. I mean, we've planned it and all that sort of stuff, but just to be hit with the reality that, yeah, this is happening. You know, because yeah. I'm well known that I have a lot of doubts about myself and that sort of stuff, you know, uh, from all the past. And I doubt about my training. And my community always picks me up and that sort of stuff. But it's just the way I am. Yeah. So for the, I, I personally think the community was waiting to sort of give me a right good slap with this one. Like, right, that's what we think of you. Now crack on. Get us our book. <laughs> do you know what I mean?
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've got to do. I'm super excited. Um, so I guess without getting into spoilers, we're talking, uh, I want to get into some of the meat and, and bones, I guess, of what we can kind of expect. So we know essentials, right?
2: Yeah. Do you want me to go through a bit of a, a rundown of you know, how yeah, it's going to look? Yeah. Now, there's, there's nothing majorly secret in this. So if you spent enough time digging through comments and odd bits here and there, you could probably put this all together. But I'll try and put it together as best I can. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Book's going to come in essentially three content sections, yeah? First content section is theoretical. Your design theories or your glues, materials. But it also covers sort of like the core technique. So all the little tips on everything from gluing and dry brushing and preventing warping and all the stuff that would apply to it. doesn't matter what you build. These tips are going to help you in that build, yeah? Yep. After that, the next stage is sort of the, I'm calling it the sort of tutorial build content. Now, that's not the title. It's just how I see it in my mind for when I'm putting it together, and you know what I mean. And that's all the stuff where I have, compared to video, because we're doing it in a book format, I have a phenomenal amount of time to take various pieces to what I'm – I hate using the term the highest standard possible, but to a standard which is far higher than I'm able to do with the time constrictions of video production and, and, you know, YouTube and all that sort of stuff. You know, writing and taking photos of a build is is far less time consuming than actually trying to video it. So I'm able to invest a lot more.
3: There's a lot of upload times and, I did, there's, you know, yeah, all that stuff that goes into it that people don't see. And when yeah, you're doing yeah, it professionally
2: totally- and regularly and maintaining a channel and answering comments and all the, the the palaver that goes with it, it it's a factor of about five. Yeah, increases the build time by five being on YouTube. Yeah, compared to what you call it, compared to writing, which is about 50%. I've written my own 40K blog for years. I mean, back when that's how me and Dave met. And I've done YouTube for, for years, so I know this statistic. So the amount of time I've got to invest in the builds is far more than I've got for YouTube, which means I'm able to actually take them to the standard that I just can't on YouTube. Yeah, so we've got the build section which is all core builds and i'm taking elements out of all the common ones so there's going to be gothic sci-fi industrial ruins with skulls on the side and, and 40k stuff because i'm an imperial god you gotta remember those roots yeah yeah man i mean that's how you know that was some of the first tables i built you know that my first tables yeah and they're they're on the web if you i mean they're not brilliant i'll be honest with you they 10 years ago I've advanced quite a bit since then yeah especially five years since I've been doing it technically professionally yeah but uh, my old blog was Corbania Prime and you know you can see my terrain you can see my 40k stuff on there my conversions and you can you can see my writing and how I do my tutorials as well but I'm going to be able to take my stuff to a much higher standard, yeah, and all the the core elements are going to be covered. So there's going to be the 40k stuff. You're going to have the green field stuff. We're going to cover all the challenging stuff like the water, the pond, the rivers. If we get through stretch goals, there's some really good stuff along those lines coming. Yeah, uh, we obviously you've got the fantasy switch now. Fantasy and medieval is pretty close, so actually, if you can be a bit cheeky, you can pull, you know, quite a lot of the techniques off on, on with one build on that one really <laughs> nice big build. It's just got to have enough different elements in that you can go a bit like with the forty k one. Yeah, you can build like here's a ruined house, but if you if you build a ruined industrial facility with an admin block, you're covering the foam board ruins, and then you're covering the plastic industrial stuff and a whole load more techniques with just one build. So it's about designing the pieces, not so that exactly they look good, but, well, they're going to look good, but from a construction point of view. So I get as many different techniques, yeah, from that period or that genre in one building that you go, right, I'm going to nick that bit from the tower or I'm going to go, I'm having those windows and I'm having that bit, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to cover all the, like I say, the major elements. So all the green fields, yeah. Obviously, we're going to cover bases, boards, mats, all that sort of stuff, because that's your core stuff. All all the back to basic stuff, like your washes, your sealing, uh, fighting oh, yeah, war. Perfect. Yeah, that, yeah. That's I mean, because really yeah,
3: the, that's my favorite playlist you have. Um, whenever you know somebody's like, "Hey, Will, how do you build terrain?" I'm like, "I don't know," but this guy does. <laughs> so just watch the back to basics.
2: Yeah, well, I I spent a couple of years teaching in further education, uh, teaching anatomy and physiology, because I'm a physiotherapist uh, after I came out of the army. Yeah. And so I I ended up teaching. So I do actually have, you know, a, a formal background in developing teaching structures. Yeah. So if you actually look at my YouTube channel, you can actually see that it's actually formulated in here's the back to basics, core principles, bit like the theory section in the book. And then if you look at the actual playlist after that, you've got a range of technical tutorials and they're organized in playlists like foliage. Yeah. Yes, building yeah, Where the water and
3: snow. build up on the
2: previous and yeah. Yeah. And the techniques within those build on each other and they provide multiple techniques, but they're almost like chapters or modules into the YouTube channel. Uh, I approached it. And I set out a structure going forward for years. Of this is how I'm going to catalogue my videos, and this is the videos I'm going to film for. And I've just transferred that over the book, over to the book. So it covers all the genres. It covers all the basics. So all the theories, everything I know to this point. The build tutorials are all, all literally as many techniques i can show you with the pages i have available because we're going gaining more on stretch goals yeah to the to the highest standard i can do within reason yeah but far higher than you've seen before from me before and then finally we've got sort of the ancillary yeah sort of pages now these are uh, obviously there's going to be techniques i can't show yeah just simply because i can't build absolutely everything new to show every technique so if i've got like here's a thatch technique yeah what i can do is also say right there's also this way this way this way this way and this way of doing it for those i can go back to my old videos grab a couple of pictures put a couple of paragraphs in so that someone can come along look at the build and go right i love the build but i can't do that th- thatch they can look at the ancillary techniques go did i've got that there's a a couple of paragraphs from Mel saying that here's the key points and then basically they go right I can do that and it drops the barrier to build so that's the deep delve into the book it's basically the idea of covering all the genres yeah but reinforcing it with that sort of Mel thing which is here's the core techniques here's the core science that sort of travels across the top just apply it
0: oh it sounds fantastic I'm really looking forward to it yeah, so it,
2: it
3: sounds like it's more, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not like here's how to build 28 millimeter barbed wire. It's going to be more so like here are the concepts you need to build anything in 28 millimeter that you want, not just one particular type of building or one particular type of hill. You can take nah, this. Nah, nah, nah. It's both, mate.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. That's yeah. good. yeah. Yeah, basically, the the theoreticals, yeah, anything which you would use on any project. So if you imagine you just suck the theme out of it, what you're building for, just imagine you're building something. Anything you know that you're going to be doing on that one, that you're going to be doing something that you're going to be probably doing something pretty similar, but perhaps with different colors, different flocks, different materials, yeah, but, you know, on a different one, their core principles, anything that's shared across, so that's covered across everything. So imagine the theoretical side and the, and the core sort of core technique side. If, if it's difficult to say how much of the book it is because stretch goals, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah sure. imagine, let's say, right now it's sitting about, I think it's about 35%, maybe 40%. Yeah, Dave will correct me on that if he's got the time to check. Yeah, we, we've been caught out on that one. But you, just with that alone, you'll be able to walk away and build whatever you want at the rest of the book the rest of the book yeah is about taking the most common ones and giving you a bit of a guide and at the same time actually showing you more in depth on very specific things that relate to that watch got so for example in the core techniques i wouldn't really cover rust but through the industrial 40k stuff i can go into rust but you could be rusting up barbed wire for for a d-day board Sure. The technique yeah. carries across, but do you see what I mean about the idea of look? Here's the general core skills you run with, and we cover that. So a railroad modeler can pick it up. I, I've got a couple of backers. Yeah, they they fancy up doll houses.
3: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So exactly. That's phenomenal, man. Yeah. Just the that whole fo- concept. That front of- pick, yeah. Tutorial bits. It's about giving people the confidence and the ideas and showing them specifically. Yeah. In context. Look, these are how you use these techniques to produce this. But these are all the tips on the really clever stuff to make this sort of type of terrain look brill. And remember, if you ha- if you can't go- do any of these, this is the punt of those ancillary pages where there's a whole list of other techniques and other materials and other ways of doing it. That perhaps I didn't have the pages to, to go in full or didn't have the time to actually build to illustrate. But they're in the book as well. I mean, basically, you're getting a hell of a knowledge dump. You're getting a, a, as much of a, a knowledge dump as I can give you.
3: That's insane. That's amazing, dude. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it does sound like it's exactly the essentials. It's going to be everything you need to build a board of your own.
1: Yeah, I, one of the yeah. things that I'm one of the things that I'm most excited about it um, about for it is that Mel's Mel's approach to um, Terrain building and learning and teaching terrain building. Um, it's kind of different to mine. I, I usually like find a technique that I like and I stick with it and I try and apply it to everything. But Mel is all about exploring and uh, learning new techniques, uh, trying a whole bunch of different glues and uh, testing them out and, and seeing what works. Um, there's a very sort of exploratory approach that he takes. Uh, yeah, and then good. And then, and like, can then present all those different ways, sort of depending on what your what result you're trying to get to. So um, that's the that's the thing I'm excited about. Uh, from, that, from, from the reading that. side of side of things,
2: <laughs> that's actually based on a little personal principle of mind. I I have this thing, yeah, because I love learning not just about terrain but about all sorts of things. But I have this sort of personal thing, yeah. That when it comes to like terrain techniques and stuff like that, other than what I'm sort of showing in the videos, but when I'm doing things personally, once I, I figure that I've got a solid handle on a technique, I stop using it and find myself <laughs> a new technique to learn, to do the same thing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. nice. And it, it, it's not just that, it's sort of like cross-training because while you're taking a break on the other one, your brain's processing that information, coming up with new little ideas. And at the same time, you're applying the information you've learned from the first technique to the second technique. That comes up with ways of reinforcing the first technique. And then once you've mastered the second technique, and you ha- well, not mastered, but you're happy with it, you-, you stop using that and move on to a third technique. And it becomes this growing sort of way of completely understanding how to apply whatever it is you're applying from a palette or from a tube to a piece of terrain to get the effect that you want through as many different mediums as possible. It's kind of weird. I'm just built like that.
3: No, that's (laughs) an outstanding way of thinking of things, honestly. I mean, just with anything really, uh, if you're painting miniatures even, right? Like you start on acrylics and then if you want to try to move on to weathering enamels or something like that, and then move on to pigments, I mean, it's all the same. Yeah.
2: Yeah. it, It actually goes back to my Imperial guard days. You see, I, I made the stupid decision. Of, do you remember? I think it was fifth edition when the guard got what you call it. When the guard got uh, tactical missile launch, tactical death wings, death death strikes. That was it. Yep. Yeah, as a, a heavy choice, you know, and everything armored up, and we got the, the Valks. Mm-hmm. What you yep. call it? I made a pledge to myself to make a complete, yeah, troop choice. Pad out every. Support option. So, you know, the five man of every different type of heavy support weapon, the two, uh, you know, the two watch special weapon teams, the I think it was six full squads, the yep. command squad, and then 50 conscripts. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and after yeah, I finished painting, it was, massive. Yeah. And after I finished painting all those guardsmen, yeah, using exactly the same technique. I came up with this principle of I ain't using the same technique to do the same thing over and over again. I, it took about a year and a half for me. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, I want to do something different. Yeah,
3: so it like, might break a man. Yeah, that, uh, sure.
2: I, yeah. I'm glad I decided to change before I decided to do a two like two troop choices. <laughs> yeah, that was back when a single troop choice was what is equivalent to an army now. God, gotcha. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were big God ar- armies, were big God armies, you know what I mean? I mean, I've had quite a few 40K armies because I've, I have. started with fantasy back when I was 15, yeah? I had a skeleton army, and Rogue Trader was just coming out, so you dabbled with Marines. Mm-hmm. But the real gameplay was mainly in, like, Adaptus Titanicus and Space Marine, the epic game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, because there wasn't the miniature support for Rogue Trader at the time. <laughs> You know, not really, not compared to what they were doing with Epic and that sort of stuff. Of, you know, join the army, discover beer, discover girls, you know. <laughs> as, yeah. as one does. Yeah, it yeah, happens, as one man. does. And then, you know, mid, mid sort of 20s, you know, find a box of minis with a load of paints in. You know, back of me mums and hey, presto, straight back in the hobby. You know, I think I found a box of Jean Steelers. Yeah. And within a month, I think I've got like 200 painted gaunts. <laughs> yeah, I was well back, straight back in. And I think I did it again. Oh, Relax, exactly if you, you will. Yeah. 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 Watch that? I painted 600 gaunts technique as well. Yeah, that's on my on my blog watch at Corbania Prime. Uh it? there's just this massive horde army of so many models. But I, I played Gene Stealers, I played Watcher it Space Marines, I did a custom Deathwing army for those. I then did whatch I did a uh what you call it? uh Inquisition in Grey Knight Army. Yeah, right. I can't say Inquisition yeah. at the minute. It's been a long week, guys. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, I, I sort of dropped into this idea of doing this inquisitorial Corbania Prime Guard Army. You know what I mean? That was the fluff around them. Yeah. But I was a 40Ker for a good, I don't know, would, would you say what, about five, six, seven years, Dave, before I yeah. disappeared off the blogging scene, you know, yeah. with life yeah. and all that sort of stuff.
1: Definitely.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah, I think so. So, I uh, painted still, a lot of models.
3: Do you still play 40k then? I know we're 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 tracking off the book a bit, but uh, yeah. Do you still play, or do you do like more bolt action now, or or any of the more uh, World War II era, or maybe even um, Team Yankee or anything like that?
2: I don't play 40k at the minute. Yeah, and it's not because I don't want to. Yeah, it's just the game has accelerated so fast. Yeah. And there's so much time needed to invest in it and not just that money to needed to invest in it sure. to get into it, to get to the style of play and the, the sort of player. You know, I'm not saying all uber competitive, but, you know, I'm not a newbie at 40K. But to come back in at the newbie stage and build up again, just painting the armies. And I don't have the time. Yeah. So to be perfectly honest, yeah, uh, I invest myself, my time in the IP. Yeah, so my my yeah. down time from doing terrain. Yeah, I'm what do you call it. I love the Horus Heresy. Waiting. Uh, I don't. I'm not actually interested in the actual battle. Yeah, for terror. I'm really interested in how we went from the secular society the Emperor set up to you know what we consider modern day 40k with the Lords of Terror and you know the politics that you know how did we go from You know, the idea that we were a secular society to having, like, the Adeptus Ministorum with so much power. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, when I read the Horus Heresy books, yeah, yeah, I'm not really that interested in the battle scenes. I've been there, done that, you know. I've seen the Bang Bangs. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's all very dramatic. And, yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, and they're in okay. Yeah, but I like the politics in the yeah, 40k absolutely it's, it's, it's yeah. so medieval almost mm-hmm. do you know what i mean they're yeah. stabbing each other in the back you know to the both to they're both detriment almost do you know what i mean it's it's that medieval thinking almost and i love that sort of stuff at the minute i've just started what you call it getting into yarik Okay, you know the big omnibus, yeah, because I've got a flight to Chicago, so I reckon I've got some serious reading to do on a plane. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah, a huge flight. that's <laughs> time to, flight. to do it. Yeah, well, I'm just going to nail it. Yeah, flying there, flying back. Yeah, but I've already, well, that was the plan, but I've already read the first book out of it, and I'm really hooked, so my (laughs) wife's had to take it off me, so I've got it for the plane. (laughs) Yeah, but my biggest problem is, is, Kez is like, I'll be reading away, and she'll see me and sort of like doing things with my hands and just maybe pick up my phone and, you know, just imaginary tapping on my phone, and she says, you're thinking of builds, aren't you? yeah i'm reading the book i, I oh, want to yeah. build that oh
3: dang i didn't yeah, even think about that so so that's a problem i have is when i read a book uh and they'll describe an army i'm like i have got to build an army based off of this book and theme it so is is it the same way for terrain for you then oh when they're God, describing yeah. the imperial palace or something like that and you're thinking how can i do it... how can i bring this to life
2: Guys, guys, it's not just forty k. I mean, forty k is so evocative. You know what I mean? And there's so, I mean, this you could you could almost flick the pages. You know, yeah, and stop on a random page, and be guaranteed you're going to get. You know, if there's something going on that's action, you'll get a description of a really nice table. Yeah, because the yeah, 40K is descriptive exactly. and, it's, and it's epic and it's gothic and it's dystopian or it's wonderfully technological or it's wonderfully, weirdly alien. I mean, there's one, uh, Murder, the planet Murder, with yeah, all mm-hmm. the weird dimensions. How the hell would you model that?
3: I, I don't even you, know how to start, yeah. I mean, they couldn't describe it. I couldn't it. think, I, I couldn't... Yeah, but, uh, Put physical
2: force. I mean, something that I was ha- I was having like real mental challenges of how would I do that? I mean, I could see the mushrooms, but how would I represent the changes in gravity and the changes in like up is down and down is up? Yeah, because these are the challenges I see from the terrain. But it's not just 40k. I mean, I'm at a stage where the wife stops good programs to go look at that. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like right, I can't watch the TV because I'm thinking about how I want to build that mountain. <laughs>
3: well, yeah, I saw your um your D Day board which was breathtaking you know so did you actually go like do a like a recon of the actual beach or look at maps and pictures Um, and do that when you're doing like
2: a real life sort of uh uh, i I guess model to be truthful i actually really struggle with planning terrain pieces Yeah. And I know I give advice on it and I know how to do it, but the way my brain works is I can't really draw it down and plan it out. I'll do a rough plan. So I'll know things like important measurements, like can I fit these buildings on here? Is there enough room for troops to move through there? You know, if I put these levels of height, is it going to end up too big to fit in the boot of the car? Right. And those sort of factors. Yeah. yeah? But I, I see those as like almost like a safety checklist just to make sure I don't get all the way through the build or get halfway through the build and go down, that's not going to fit in the boot. Yeah. But with the actual regards to thinking about the style and the look, yeah, it's in my head and it comes from lots of composite different references. So my D-Day board probably came from 80 different pieces. From terrain builds, to movies, to uh, holidays, to some rocks I saw when I was away with the kids, like the summer before. Yeah, my brain sort of puts them together, which is wonderful, except that my brain doesn't reveal it to me in one big, what you call it, in one big reveal. Yeah, it will show me the bits it's decided that it likes yeah and so the terrain board gets revealed, and this was actually a hamper on the d day board, because if you go back to the Vlogs and I think it's the second Vlog, yeah, I have to actually acknowledge that I can only really work on this side of the board, yeah, and I actually have to take yes, one side of the board that,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: to a significantly higher standard, because I can't see that one. I literally can't see how, it, how where the knife needs to go, yeah, but the moment it clarities what I'm doing yeah I just do it, and then I step back there's no for me, there's no conscious thought in how am I gonna straight how am I gonna do this hill? My brain just goes just put your blade on i'll let leave you know leave that to me yeah it's a, it's almost like I'm along for the ride <laughs> to work you know you plan that spirits. You know, I, I'm uh, the Lord <laughs> of Change. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we had some heavy drinking sessions back in those 40K days, but I mean, I, I'm starting to wonder a bit about possession, actually.
1: <laughs> it could be. Could be, mate.
2: Yeah, that, that's just essentially when it comes to, you know, inspiration. So I, I really struggle to switch off with terrain. I have to find hobbies that don't involve anything that is remotely terrain, which means basically everything arts and crafts is out, yeah? Everything outdoors is out, because you look at stuff and immediately start seeing a terrain. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, hey, I no, mean, let me even ask weird. you, um, what are your sandcastles like? Do you guys ever go to the beach and just build these massive sandcastles?
2: I'm not allowed to do that. I'm i, last no. Time I did, <laughs> no, no.
3: No, you the, accidentally the, fortified the, a beach with a real fort, I bet, huh?
2: No, no, which, well, the last time I did that, I, I, you know, I got a good bit carried away, yeah, and I sort of upset, the, upset the, the local kids and stuff like that, so it was like, no, you can't really do that. You know, they spent ages making their sandcastle, and, you you, you know, you've built a modern bailey, you know, you're putting the fortifications yeah. in, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and so it's yeah. like, I'm not allowed to build sandcastles, and generally when I'm at the beach, I'm doing one or two things. Nicking sand, yeah, for my terrain, yeah, or taking a real good look at what, you know, right, rocks on the coast of the cliffs, what color are are, are they actually? Hmm. Walking down and actually looking at the bit where you've got the water come in and the dry bit and going, right, what color are they? And what's the line like up and down the beach? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's just cause, the one.
3: Yeah, I, I got to say, I've I've done the same in a, in a sense where I'll be out and uh, like, I'll see a, uh, you know, we have, it, we have cats, which are the uh, construction vehicles here. Yeah. Um, and they'll get the, the mud on them and the dirt and grime. And I'll be like, I gotta go take a picture of that. So I can reference yeah. that later on a model, you know?
2: I, I think that's the, I think that's the, the beauty and, and the curse of being essentially in a modeling hobby. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see your hobby. Do you know what i mean i imagine it's exactly the same that if you're into fishing and you pass a, a a pond you're immediately going to be drawn into your hobby mind and oh i'd like to fish there and i wonder where the best fish are and do you know what i mean well, sure yeah. Yeah. yeah i know yeah. for
0: me for me personally i'll be sitting down in a chair and i'll look at my pants leg and just think okay how would i dry brush these creases on my pants?
2: <laughs> you know, though you do you do look and it's think it's funny
0: you look at the whole the- world in a different lens
2: You do. I mean, I went through a weird sort of stage for a while where I looked at fields, yeah, in highlight, mid and shade. I couldn't see the grass. Well, I could see the grass, obviously. But when I looked at it, you know, I could see where, right. That's where if it, if I was if I'd made that, that's where the sprinkling of the light stuff would be. See those little dips there where the grass is longer and darker and greener. That's where the water's gathered and made it dark and greener. And it's growing more because it's got more water. That bit there, that's bare, that's where it's been dry down, it's drained and it's harder so the grass is shorter and lighter and a bit baked, so throw a little yellow in there. And I used to look at fields like that and just like, well, I was trying to figure out my my concepts for flocking and that sort of stuff and laying grass fields down. It was weird as hell. It was like looking at uh, one of those impressionist paintings. Yep. You can definitely see that yeah so i
0: have a completely Probably coming un- off
2: is quite weird now aren't i
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so completely unloaded question for uh both dave and and mel uh what is your what hobby project are you most proud of to date Ew, boy. Oh. and like nah. i said i know it's completely unloaded question
1: <laughs> yeah uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, jeez. No, um, sorry. Can't answer that one.
0: <laughs> no, not a problem.
2: Really? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I have been, what, talking solid for God knows how long with nonstop. <laughs> yeah. I pass it over to you and you drop the ball, Dave.
1: I, well, I <laughs> I, I had so many fantastic little, like, uh, smart-ass comments. All that I could have thrown in all the way through that,
2: but you didn't pull.
1: Them.
2: Oh, like man. It, it's, it's I like wasn't you giving you breathe. a break, mate. I wasn't giving you a break. Right. I know, I know. Tell, tell you what, okay, back to you, I'll have a chat about mine, and <laughs> Dave can have a little think while he, he thinks there's some smart-ass comments to come up with. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we're lucky we're buddies. We, it really is. I mean, yep. I know we have little digs, but he's a brilliant guy to work with. But, okay, <laughs> right. Hobby projects. Yeah, it's it, working with him is always a banter. But anyway, right, cracking on. Hobby projects, uh, probably the one I'm most proud of. Yeah, is my Burma build. Yeah, my jungle build that I'm doing for my Chindit army, my bolt mm. action Chindit army. That's probably the. I mean, it's probably the most detailed and the most high level one. Yeah, on my channel, and that's because it's a personal one. I'm under no pressure time wise with it so i can take my time and you know make it where i really want to make it and it is beautiful so i'm quite proud of that off the other side modeling and painting yeah i've got to say it's a dungeon saga from mantic games and the reason being is that that's a family project so my wife's helped painted models my kids paint models for it we've all digged dipped in and helped make terrain for, you know, playing the games on and that sort of stuff. it's a family game. Yeah, yeah. I I like it as a family game because as a hobby project, it's low investment, yeah, but long-term payoff. You know, between the family, you know, we can go out and we can go to a con and we can all pick up like a couple of models from Reaper or something like that. Sure. You know, here's a vampire, here's a spider, you know. We've all got a couple of little things we can dip in and paint, so it's all low pressure. You Know and you've already got the game, and then you it, it's we play a modified version of Dungeon Saga, so we use the basic Dungeon Saga fight mechanics and, and battle mechanics, okay? Yeah, but rather than playing out the entire mission as a board game, we break it up into little rooms and we role play it. In oh, between. that's so nice! It's an easy that's we, cool. We start, yeah, we started playing Dungeon Saga, and I thought, well, the kids know the fight mechanics. You know, in the Adventures Companion, which is the expansion, the advanced rules, there's, you know, there's an upgrade system and a character creation system. Yeah, it turns so we, it into an RPG game. Yeah. We just bolt, bolted in some RGP rules, come up with like a marching order for when they go into the room. And then we have a couple of little rules that once you go into a room, yeah, uh, if you're in combat, you can't talk to the other person. You can only say what you're going to do. Or perhaps if you're so close, you can shout across, but they have to roll a dice and the person might, if it it rolls a a one, they might do the complete opposite. So you get this sort of situation where, you know, they want to talk to each other, but they're in combat. So it sort of encourages the kids to like, right, Depend on what's behind this door, what's our battle plan before we open open the door? And then try through the the nature of combat of, oh, my God, it's a troll. (laughs) You know, we didn't think (laughs) about this you know and then you know one of one of them tries screaming to the other to say like no freeze him with your spell and then what you call it uh you know they roll a one and the wizard says i'm not going to freeze them i'm going to heal you instead you know because i'm (laughs) misunderstood under you know so we have these little dynamic sort of family little rules you know just little simple things that we've bolted in and they've done a couple of times enough for it to become yeah we understand that's part of the mechanics and so that's a real good proud one because it's it's What I got into the hobby about playing with my kids and enjoying it and that sort of stuff, but for wargaming, it's my Burma board. yeah. It do well. I mean, that's Especially what we do, we isn't we can it?
3: Include the whole family, like that. Like, I'm uh, my daughter is uh four and I'm trying to get her into it. We're, we're starting small, obviously, you know, her being four only, starting Candyland and then uh, chutes and ladders and uh. You know next, I'm just going to throw her into uh X Wing dogfight, so you know, nice. hey,
2: yeah, I, 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 tr- I tried X Wing with my lad, yeah. Uh, he one shotted me first turn, yeah. Rage quit, right? Yeah, Looked yeah, t- mate. I'll tell you what, he was a smug little, you know what I mean. He's sitting back, he got that look on his face, yeah. But what was worse is. Thought, all right, we'll get back back into bot action, you know what I mean? Not just that, Echo Swing has gone up to second edition. We're still playing, we've we still got first edition, we haven't upgraded, and so it's like I'm, I'm not ready to, you know, right? I don't want to buy all the upgrade packs, gonna have to buy two packs and all the new ships, oh, yeah, are, you know. The, second edition, boat, yeah. So at the minute, I'm just sitting on it, you know what I mean? As we can play it as it is right now, but you know, if I'm going to invest time and hobby time, yeah. Because my lad plays ball action as well, so we've been playing my Burma board since we've updated it. Yeah, he, he morted me off the table by two by turn two, two times in a row. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm telling you what. Yeah, it's going to be one of those kids you don't want to play with. Yeah, I've, no. I've never. I'll tell you what. Yeah, have you ever heard the term a six fairy? I can't I say I have. No. <laughs> right. A, a six fairy is a term in UK gaming clubs for those people who just naturally just roll sixes when they need them. You know the sword. Uh,
3: yes, yes. Yeah.
2: We've got them. We call them jerk offs. You know, well, here. You know <laughs> like gaming club scene. Yeah, we call them six fairies. You know, because they are twinkle <laughs> toes. Roll your sixes. Oh, look, sprinkling the sprinkling of magic dust. There you are. You've made your saves. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, and he's yeah. just rolling these sixes and sixes and sixes. I mean, at some point, he, he does dice rolls, and I'm thinking, I've seen games where you can win cars for rolls like that. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Right. <laughs> yep. Go down to the dealer, and if you can roll six sixes on six dice, you know, you get a car. And I'm like, that's his saves. And I'm like, dude, we, we don't need to be rolling in the studio. We need to be down at the car dealership. <laughs> I got to I gotta say... uh. Well, uh I'm the opposite. If I
3: need to roll a two on 10 dice, I will roll ones on all 10 dice. And it has happened before in a game.
2: Oh, mate, the dice gods could be fickle with me, they but I have th- learned, yeah. I've, I've learned to say, Hey, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, a you two or anything, but a one. I, I, every time I say that, yeah, I can't roll the dice. Also, yeah, I've also learned every time I ref- I referred to my Imperial Guard missile launchers as missile launchers instead of rocket launchers, they missed. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> they got are, renamed they're, they're, they're as rocket launchers. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was there in the name. It was staring, a, staring in the face.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm not a superstitious person like that and that sort of stuff. But the hobby is probably the most superstitious thing I'm superstitious about. Yep. Oh, yeah. Generally, absolutely. you know, in the absolutely. day, I've got no worries. Yeah. If I roll really good on a set of dice, I'll be like, I'll have fresh dice. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, the know, luck's I'll, gone I'll on them. Break all day long, You know, uh, I'll, I'll break mirrors. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. All that sort of stuff. But when it comes to the hobby. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Definitely. So that's that's my, my sort of proudest hobby things to, to wrap that up.
3: That's excellent. Well, that brings it back to Dave.
1: Oh, and I've had time to think. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I have trouble sort of going through it because I think every every time I complete a project, I'm very proud of it, and then I start on sure. the next project. That makes sense. I complete that project. I'm very proud of it, kind of thing. So um,
0: I, I would try. also take your uh, your uh, last book as also an answer too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling at the start that that was what you were fishing for, but no, that's (laughs) right. But no, um, I've I've, yeah, I've been playing with my uh, my daughters as well, um, getting them into a bit of gaming, and we played a uh, played uh, bought a game and played a game uh, called Stuffed Fables, uh, which is a really great uh, storybook kind of um, format. So you have mm-hmm. miniatures uh, and the, the story that you play, you play like a little mini adventures that are about um, five or six pages long. Uh, I mean, each, five or six spreads long each each spread in the book. Like one side of the page is the the board that you're playing on. So it's divided into squares. It might be mm. um, in this particular one. It's a, it might be a, like a scrap heap of toys or it might be a factory where they're assembling toys or it could be a, um, a little village where toys live. Um, because in Stuffed tables you're playing as like, stuffed animals. Basically, you, you might be a, a pig or a lion or a, um, an elephant. Uh, but it's a lot of fun um, for them to connect to it. And the, the right-hand side of the page is, or the spread is sort of the, the information about sort of how to play through that page. And once you get to the end, you take everything off the board, you turn the page start again and uh they're really enjoying that they painted uh all of the bad guys in it uh oh very cool there's some of those really cool uh sort of creepy crawlies just like from uh toy story like the the oh yeah the little yeah 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 Yeah. toys. yeah yeah hodgepodge
3: toys whatever whatever it is yeah
1: yeah that, that kind of uh that kind of thing so no, they really enjoy it. My my youngest daughter is super competitive, super <laughs> competitive. So it's yeah, really right. it's really interesting. the game The game itself is very co- uh, It's su- and requires a lot of cooperation. Um, so it's it's really exciting to see the sort of uh, her being torn between wanting to to rush ahead and do the thing and get the stuff, and uh, and understanding that she needs to come back and help us out a little bit because we have, oh, we'll have to work yeah. together. Yeah. So the um, just to see her go through that—that's that's, that's uh, there's a lot of pride in that as well, I guess. Thought um, that it really had anything to do with it, but it's just exciting to see. It's fun.
3: No, absolutely. When you're able to share in these hobbies and uh, these games with your kids, it's
1: yeah.
2: it's great. I love- I, had, I had one very similar to that. Dave watched it with Corbin and and his cousin. We're playing Hero Quest. Yeah, it's sort of butchered oh, rules. Oh yeah. Yeah, and what do you call it? There was this him and his cousin had been battling through this dungeon. Yeah, and if they killed this sort of big boss, yeah, they got this big reward. But I'd done, I'd written it in such a way that whoever kills the big boss, yeah, gets like the big reward. And literally, they get to the room, yeah, and his cousin turns and he goes to shoot Corbin. no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but no, no, no. Hear this out. So Corbyn literally gets down to his last life. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you can attack him back, but you're probably going to die. So, you you know, if you want to get the gold, you've got do one. Yeah. So he did one. Yeah. Corbyn, he just run one after being betrayed by his cousin. Yeah. His cousin had a horrendous. What you call it? Runner rolls, killing the big boss. Yeah, and by the time he killed him, he got this massive mob of orcs coming after him. So he was running back. Yeah, and he was imagine he's sort of like two turns behind Corbin if you imagine the way Hero Quest works. You know what I mean, guys? Yeah. Yeah. And watch, call it. And he literally he turns and he's just about to get attacked and he turn and when you know, he turns on the, you know, in real life across the table to to Corbin and goes, Please help me and that was the Corbin that was the moment when Corbyn became the sort of person that nah. You don't do that to me, mate. Yeah, and Corbin just <laughs> legged it out of there with the gold he got <laughs> just and just <laughs> left him to <laughs> the Orcs. Yeah, had no mercy. And they're sitting. They had to go play with each other afterwards, after the game, and sit down and have tea together. <laughs> yeah, as one had portrayed the other, and then the other just walked away from him in the game. I'm like, this is going to be interesting. Standard. Going to yep. have to have a word with my with my uncle with my brother, his own, is you know my cousin's dad, yep. <laughs> bro. We need to have a chat. There's something that's happened.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, Mel, I know it's uh nearly one a.m. across the pond where you're at. We don't want to.
2: It certainly is.
0: Yeah, we definitely don't want to hold you. up a lot Th-
2: of time to do. Yeah,
0: but thank you so much for coming and talking with us.
2: Oh, sorry if I've too much, guys. It's oh
0: no, hard. not a bit. We could listen no. to you for hours on end. This has been a fantastic time.
3: Yeah, it's been yeah, great, guys. Thank you guys very much for coming on. Yeah, I do appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thank you. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we got Mel Bowes, the terrain tutor, and Dave Taylor of Dave Taylor Miniatures. Their Kickstarter Terrain Essentials and Essential Guide to Building Terrain is out now. Go ahead and back that project. Thank you, guys.
2: Boys. Thank
1: you.
0: Hey folks, this is Jesse. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Uh, Be sure to check out rr30k.com. Check us out on Facebook. And before we wrap things up, I just want to give a shout out to some heresy events here in the United States. Uh, first one is uh, Games U in Gilbert, Arizona on Sunday, April the 14th. The Ordo Plasticus at Games U in Gilbert, Arizona, they will be having the War for Ducimus Prime. This is a narrative event incorporating standard 30K and Centurion formats in a branching conflict for a Bastion system. Also, they will have an Adeptus Titanicus tournament on April 28th at the same location. The event is also accessible through the Ordo Plasticus's event page. That's O-R-D-O space P-L-A-S-T-I-C-U-S Wargaming Club. For those of you in the Texas area, the Lone Star Legion presents Paradise Lost, a three-day Age of Darkness narrative event at the Dallas Open GT being held at the Grapevine Convention Center on April 12th through 14th. The cost is $55. There will be a 1,000-point Zone Mortalis and 1,500-point Centurion Battles on Friday, 2,500 or 3,000-point Frontline Games on Saturday, and a Mega Battle event for all your big toys on Sunday. Bring your forces to Texas to decide the fate of the Sword System and its Archaeotech faults. Special characters are allowed, and a character advancement system will be in place for those who take generic characters. On March 30th of 2019, we have Vengeance in the Void. The galaxy burns. War has spread to all reaches of the Imperium. An orbital platform used by Traitor Fleets as a rearm and refit center has come under attack by splinter cells of Loyalist forces. This game day event, players will play three 1250 point zone Mortalis games. Players will face off between Loyalist and Traitor. This is a fully painted event. The entry fee is $10, and it'll be held at Battlegrounds in Midlothian, Virginia. Check out Remembrancer's Retreat on Facebook for more details on the event.